Join us today for an action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, where we review the 2023 season for the Tampa Bay Rays. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we are your number one source for fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Matthew Onay, and you can find us on social on all social media platforms, podcasting apps, and much more. And if you can, leave us a five-star review and a great rating on Apple or Spotify or wherever you may listen if you feel so enticed. And if you're watching on YouTube, please click the bell below. That'll subscribe you to the channel. Also give you notifications every time we drop a new episode. Also, if you want a more in-depth, personalized experience where you can get all the crazy uh, fantasy baseball questions answered in a more in-depth, personalized experience, please head over to our subtext in the text below of the description of the show so you can sign up. And we'll be able to give you all this cool, awesome, extra stuff you're not going to get on this 30-minute podcast. But all right, guys. Um, you know, I want to thank our everydayers for tuning in. And if you're new to the show, if you keep hearing me say we or this or that and the third, or I mentioned this guy named Dom. It's my co-host. He's not here with us today. Uh, my guy is not feeling good. He's got the uh, case of the uh, the vids, if I had to take a guess. Uh, he didn't say, he just said, I've been in bed for three days, so he's probably got the vids or he's probably got the flu or, you know, maybe just had a rough night. <laughs> we shall see. Dom's not a great drinker. But yeah, let's get moving. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. Let's talk about their season and uh, how they finish in the AL East. So obviously, we all know they made the playoffs. They clinched the number one seed for, you know, wild card and whatnot um you know had a really good season finished 99 uh and 63 uh you know went up against the rangers obviously we know how that turned out because rangers are in the world series and Tampa bay rays aren't you know rays had a weird season they had some drama from a guy we'll name later in the show they had a lot of pitching injuries and they still pulled out 99 wins they're just a fantastic organization and always a dangerous team to play throughout the season. There's some teams that just are just well ran and just always going to be in there. And that's the Tampa Bay race. Like Yale East is heating up. It's almost the AL beast where every team can just really make, give a shot, get a shot at making the playoffs and, and making a run for it. You know, I think in the next two years, it's probably going to be bananas and probably the hardest team in baseball. So I'm really excited to see what, you know, this season, these next couple seasons bring for the AL beast. But with that being said, let's get into some fantasy knowledge and let's stop talking about real baseball and start talking about fantasy. Where do I see these guys? Who am I drafting? And things like that. And let's talk about probably their most impressive bat on the team. And that's Randy Rosarena. Randy, you know what? Had a good season for him. I, I like what he did. Uh, and if you were with us in the off season, you would have, you would have heard me talk about how 
you know, I wasn't drafting Randy too high, right? He's all reliable. He does exactly what you need him to do. And you know, he's, he's going to do it year in and year out. And that's what Randy is. He has a ceiling, but I always say with, with Randy, you don't want to draft him at a ceiling. You want to draft him at his floor. And he has a really solid floor. Uh, let me read off what he did and then, you know, what my expectations are for 2024. So this year he had 551 at-bats. I got to stop hitting my microphone. 95 runs, 19 doubles, three triples, 23 bombs, 83 ribs, 22 stolen bases, 80 walks to 156 strikeouts, batted 254, and had an OPS of 789. So if we would compare this to last year versus this year, you know, the home runs are home runs are actually up. The runs are up. The doubles are way down from 41 to 19. So that that one is ugly. In points, points leagues, you lost out. Also, the stolen bases are down about 10, which in a year where stolen bases are super inflated, you know, I, I expected more. I honestly thought he might get 40 this year, which would have made him very interesting, but I wasn't going to draft him there, obviously. But, you know, that is something to to um to be aware of and he batted 263 to 254 that one isn't like you know too obnoxious or too out of scope like i mean it's really not that atrocious um in terms of when you're batting between 250 and 260 it is what it is but anyway ultimately radio rosarina had a good season you know where he was going in drafts i think he was going like 11th or 12th and adp for outfielder uh, you know, I was kind of right outside it. I think I had him ranked like 13, 14 or 15. I can't remember off the top of my head this year. Um, I have him ranked about 14 in between Schwarber right above and then Cassie right below. I think Randy is going to have a really nice season again with this, just a good team that's getting better every year. And if they can just start, you know, bringing some bats in, let's see what free agency looks like for them. It could be really special and Randy could take advantage of it, but I mean, you can't ask for much more except for maybe a couple more home runs and to get back to that stolen base number of in the 30s, and then he's totally worth it. And clearly, he'll outproduce my ranking of 14. But I like this floor. This floor is fantastic, but he doesn't put him above anybody else in that aspect. If anything, I think I'll see him moving down as we get closer to draft season just based off the fact that, you know, I, I like my earlier picks to have a high ceiling. And Randy is going to be somebody that, you know, I, I won't be too thrilled about leaving the draft. This is my, as my outfielder one, but unless I have super elite um, positional players um, that can make up for Randy's production, uh, lack their production and like home runs and ribbies and such, and obviously batting average, but Ultimately, Randy's floor is pretty nice. I think this is his floor. And honestly, it definitely is not a bust when it comes to that. Um, so anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about another great name on this team. And that's Tyler Glass now. Tyler, man, oh man. Probably the Alberto Montesi <laughs> of pitching at this point. You know, it could be fantastic. Could play, could be this dude, and um, I'm hoping for next year that he's going to do it. He's still going to be ranked in, you know, my top 25 pitching, in my opinion. I think, you know, when I finally get to really sitting down and doing the names and doing my rankings for pitching, I feel that Tyler Glass now is going to be, you know, hard to not have in my top 25. It's a matter of does he break 
the twenties and end up anywhere from 19 to 16. So like, it's going to be interesting to see how he falls because the upside is outrageous. The floor is still great production from him, but at the same time is, is how many innings am I going to get? Because he's just so injury riddled. He actually hasn't had a major league season over 120. This year was a career high. His next highest was in 2018 at 111 innings pitched. It's crazy to say that he hasn't had a season where, you know, he, he had, uh, you know, 150, 160 innings pitched. It's just, it's mind blowing to me for a guy that's been in the seat in, in, in the league since he's 22 and been with the Rays since 20, uh, 2018 as age 24, you know? So I'm hoping that next year is the year because if he could put together, you know, 160 to 180 innings this uh, next year, man, oh man, those numbers are going to be tasty because this year he had three, uh, he had a uh, 120 innings pitched, he had 162 strikeouts, he had a 3.53 ERA, and he had a 108 WHIP. Uh, fantastic numbers! Like I, I love the upside of Tyler Glass now, and here's. One last tidbit that I like pointing out is FIP, building independent pitching. And that's um, a stat that pretty much said, hey, if you have an average defense behind you, um, essentially you would pitch this. This would be it. So like if you're, you know, over if you're underperforming um, and like an ERA like him with a three five and you have like a, you know, below average defense behind you, you would have, you know, a better defense now. Uh, you would have a 296 ERA, and that's what his FIP is. So, you know, he was pitching well better, much better than his ERA, which indicates that he was probably pitching well above board, which could lead to a lot of upside. So Tyler Glass now is going to be a great pick for next year. And obviously, like I said, sky's the limit if the kid just pitches a full season. Score early with this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a $150 in bonus bets with winning $5 bet money line. That's a $150 if your team wins. Who could beat that? If you've if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and under, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. So if you uh, are not listening on Amazon, you listen to me botch that a little bit, but it is what it is. But let's move on. So let's talk about Yandy Diaz. Yandy, you know what? Good season this year, I really got to say. A couple of years ago, the dude was like the waiver wire gold. He could do nothing wrong. Oh, he's going to be the next somebody, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, just kind of really didn't live up to the hype. 2022 kind of showed out a little bit. Kind of said, okay, ooh, this might be the year. Keep him on the watch list for 2023. And quite honestly, if you paid attention to him, you, you got a good, good good value on this dude um you know you drafted him you know after pick 100 later in drafts and you got a good value on him his season was good for that 525 at bats 95 runs 35 doubles 22 bombs 78 ribs 
batted 330. Walk to strikeouts, 65 walks to 94 strikeouts. Fantastic numbers with an OPS of 932. Like, I love Yandy Diaz this year. Fantastic. Age 31, though, with the breakout, that's where it gets a little tricky for me. Quite honestly, I look at it like this with Yandy. I, I think he's in a position to be successful. I feel like he's has a, in a position to contribute to this team and contribute to your fantasy team. But I'm not drafting him like this superstar next year. I think I'm gonna I'm probably going to be, you know, the guy on on the like the odd man out where I pretty much am gonna rank him to the point where I just I'm not gonna get him in leagues. Right now I have him as let's see here. Do, 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 do. My 15th first baseman and my 15th third baseman. So right now, I mean, if Yandi has both right now, you know, that's not bad. You guys might be thinking like, I'm crazy. What are you, you know, you, you drinking right now? And I'm going to be like, honestly, no, I'm just, I'm rolling back the expectation. I want to see it again. It's 30 age 31, real true breakout. You know, even if you want to call last year, the breakout still that's age 30. Like, I want to, I, I, I just, I don't believe it's there. And this is a career high in home runs. So I just, I don't know really what his floor ceiling is. I have a feeling he's going to be somebody that's going to be drafted super high next year and is going to end up busting based off of his draft price. Cause, and you'll, you'll just call me crazy again for calling him a bust, but based off of ADP and where you actually draft him versus his actual finishes, what makes him a draft. So like if you draft him in the top 50 players, top 60 players, which people might, might not pay attention to his age or his career, you know, he may be overdrafted and not perform and kind of finishes like a lower top 100 player. And you're, you left the draft. You're like, Oh man, this just isn't great. And Yandy Diaz ended up being a bust. He could have had a player that, you know, had a better chance to be more contribute more to your team. So we'll be talking about Yandy Diaz once like ADP comes out, what to do with him, and then we'll see whether he makes my breakout, uh, my bust list or value list next year. But let's go. Let's talk about another pitcher here. Let's talk about Zach Eflin. Very, very, very surprising season for him. You know, in all honesty, I did not see this coming. Zach had a great season. Age 29, 177 innings pitched. 186 strikeouts, a 3.5 ERA with a 102 whip. Fantastic numbers. And to boot, guys, let's talk about it again. FIP, I just brought, talked about it with uh, Glass now, a 3.01 ER FIP. Fantastic. I would love to break even right in the middle and just go, okay, 3.25. Like, this is great. First season with the Tampa Bay Rays, and we all know what the Rays are known for. They're like a pitching clinic. You know, they roll out and they could turn almost anybody into an elite pitcher. It's kind of crazy because it's going to be like our next guy we talk about, too, that, you know, just came there and lit up. Zach Eflin did his thing. I have high expectations for him. I haven't done my rankings yet, but, you know, for, for at least starting pitching. So I, I don't know exactly where he's going to fall for me yet, but I, I have a feeling I'm going to I'm going to have it. I've always liked Zach Eflin as a talent you know, Dom and I have only been doing this for about two seasons, so you guys really haven't had to hear me rant about how much I like Zach Eflin because he's been irrelevant for the last couple of years. So I just always thought he had it in him, and I was like, okay, you know, the FIP was always there, and, you know, the ERA and whatnot just never matched up. But now that he moved over to the Rays, it looks like they fixed some things, and, you know, Zach Eflin looks like he's primed to finish out his career 
you know, doing good things. And I love it. I love it a lot. And, you know, year two in this system, I feel like is just going to make him, you know, get another bump. And honestly, too, pitching half your games in, in at home at Rays, at the Rays home field, you know, great pitching park. You can't really go wrong with Zach Eflin. I am just really excited to see where I rank him and, you know, can't wait to see what, what the actual final ranking is going to be and where he's going in ADP as well. So, you know, ultimately, I think Zach Eflin is going to have it. And you guys are probably like, well, you just said for Yandy Diaz. Well, you know, late in the career breakouts isn't really something you look at. But that's for bats, right? Bats usually, if they don't break out in a small window between 25 and 20 and 27, you know, pretty much they're not going to do it. They may have this one off season where like, boom, you know, there it is. But, you know, with arms, you know, it, it, I, I take... I take I take a different approach, right? It's a mature man's position, right? Yes, don't get me wrong. Hitting is very hard, but pitching is a chess match. You know, there's a lot more that goes into pitching from grips to spins, a bit, but you the list goes on of what goes into pitching. But with hitting, it's just like, okay, I gotta I gotta just watch the pitch. I gotta lean lean in and I gotta just be patient and then I gotta yoke the ball. Whereas, you know, pitching is it. So as they get older, the more maturity, the better they get. So Zach Eflin is now into his more of his, you know, golden years of, of being a veteran and the veteran presence in the MLB. And I feel like he's now taking advantage of his wisdom and he's going to be successful. But all right, let's move on. Let's talk about my boy here. Dom's boy too. Aaron Savale. Savale. Oh, man. We called it too. If you guys were with us all season long and you aren't some new guys, we told you to pick him up the second he was coming back from, from the injury list. And boy, we were right. He was doing good while he was on, on Cleveland before the trade. But when he got the trade, man, it was interesting. So, he had a really great season this year. 122 innings pitched. Oh, he had 116 strikeouts. He had a 3-4-6 ERA. And a one one six whip. Now you may say, okay, well, on Tampa Bay, he had you know an inflated ERA, it was like a five three six, but it, that's deceiving. He had a couple bad starts that really just inflated his total ERA, ERA numbers, and the FIP kind of reflects that, right? It's actually a three sixty three, which kind of tells it like, okay, in that short stint, I believe it was what forty five innings. You know, one one or two bad starts can really just hype. Um, Make, make your um, ERA inflated way more than how you're actually producing. So again, FIP is a good indicator to kind of help bring you back to earth on where this pitcher actually is both pros and cons in that aspect. So ultimately Aaron Savali is doing great things. And now that he's going to be in year two of this system in a full off season with the Rays, I feel like this kid has another level. I've always said this kid's had another level. I love Aaron Savali. He is probably one of my biggest guilty pleasures for fantasy baseball. And I just think the ceiling is just limitless with him. Well, let's let, okay. Let me take that back. Not limitless, but the sky is pretty. The ceiling is pretty pretty high, and I'm very intrigued to see how I stat him out and where he's going to land as well. He's going to probably be about a pitcher three for me, which he was going undrafted in most leagues for the last couple of years or like the end of the draft. Now Savali has thrusted himself to be more of an early pick. And it, it's going to be really interesting to see how high he goes this year. But before we move on and we talk about some bats, an arm we haven't talked about in a while that's going to have some great upside, i got a sponsor for you. 
All right, and we're back. So, with that being said, let's talk about Mr. Josh Lowe. Another guy. Guy just, you know, doesn't stay healthy all that much. Started off the season like a rocket ship. Came out, did his thing. You know, ultimately had some really great numbers on the season, but not his normal finish in certain categories, and we're going to talk about it. Excuse me. 466 at bats, 71 runs, 33 doubles, two triples, 20 bombs, 83 ribs, um, 32 stolen bases, and batted 292. Josh Lowe, fantastic, fantastic season. Love it. Now, being 25 years old, you know, doing his thing, I love it. Yeah, so Josh Lowe, great season. You know, really third season in the bigs. Um, I was getting him mixed up with Brandon Lowe for a little bit, but, you know, my mind's everywhere with this team. We'll talk about him as well. Uh, you know, the lows, the lows that have been infused into the league, it's pretty funny. But anyway, I, I like the upside. I like what he brings to the table. I think, you know, next year is going to be even bigger for him, quite honestly. 466 at bats, 71 runs, 33. I read these already. But ultimately, the 292 batting average in your first full season in the MLB, I think, is fantastic. I like the 32 stolen base upside. The walk to strikeout ratio is ugly. So, you know, he kind of falls in the rankings for points leagues, honestly. Uh, you know, just because, you know, that's really going to hurt you. Uh, you look at him and he's like 31 walks to 124 strikeouts. You really don't want to, like, you know, deal with that, quite honestly. Uh, that's just going to mutilate mutilate your points in, in most leagues. So, you know, I he's not an undraftable player, but he's also not a somebody that I'm going to be drafting as high as I would in like Roto and such because we don't really care all that much about, you know, walk to strikeout ratio unless that's a category for you. But I think next year is going to bring some really great, you know, Things for him, and I just can't wait to see it. You know, you look at what he did in the minors and things like that and never really showed the power except in 2021 where he had 22 home runs. You know, maybe he ends up being, you know, this 25 to 27 home run guy with these stolen bases and, you know, with this batting average, and he could be very valuable. So, like, he's going to be somebody that I can't wait to really see what it is. I may have overlooked him or I may have, you know, not ranked him high enough where I think that Josh Lowe might be somebody we're really, you know, staring down and be like, hmm, it's getting exciting. We might have to draft him. Let's go on to the other Lowe on this team, Mr. Brandon Lowe. Brandon Lowe, um, you know, I was going to say, started off the year like a house on fire and then ultimately got hurt like he always does. And, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I, if you had him to start the season, you were a happy camper. My guy was just ripping home runs like all day. Uh, it was fantastic. You know, 377 at bats, 58 runs, 15 doubles, a triple, 21 bombs, 68 ribs, seven stolen bases, which is interesting. And then, honestly, I don't mind the walk to strikeout ratio. 50 walks to 119 strikeouts. It's a little under... 50%, like 40-ish. And honestly, I could take that risk because look at those doubles, the double potential, the, you know, 
the triple potential, the home runs. Like I think if the kid played a full season, like he could definitely contribute in points leagues, but also in, in, um, in Roto, like, you know, he did contribute. He did, you know, literally thrust, I think like the first three weeks, me to win the home runs category. Cause he was just dropping bombs all day. It was fantastic. Uh, and then obviously got hurt, you know, Brandon Lowe was somebody we told you to sell high and, you know, move on from him because the possibility of getting hurt is a thing. So Brandon Lowe, I feel, you know, next year I'm going to be, he's going to fall in the rankings quite honestly. And just, you know, just not somebody I'm not really targeting, maybe like a backup second baseman, just based off of the fact that I really just, I don't trust him to stay healthy, but when he's healthy and he's out there, he's going to produce. So he's somebody I'm still going to draft, but I'm just not going to feel great walking away with him as my starting second baseman, essentially. So I, 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 I'm foreseeing him either being very late in drafts or, you know, that last ditch effort of a tier. So, you know, Brandon Lowe. Let's move on. Let's talk about this guy I've been teasing pretty much the whole show. A name we haven't talked about in a very long time. Shane Boss. Shane Boss, man. He just hasn't been able to make it out, out there. And the upside could just be massive. I love Shane Boss. I think if he actually, you know, comes up, does his thing, man, it could be something special. Okay. In 2021, um, you know, he was in the minors. But I want to read you up because this kind of gives you the perspective of why I'm so high on this kid. 78 innings pitched, 113 strikeouts, a 206 ERA with a point oh a point eight whip, eight eight oh whip. Fantastic numbers. This kid could be really good. In 2022, he had about 13 innings pitched out there. Um, no, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong stuff. In 2021, when he got the call to the bigs for a short stint in 13 innings, he did his thing. He showed up. He had a 203 ERA through 13 innings with 18 strikeouts. With a point six uh six seven whip. Like it seems like Shane Boz has all the makings of a fantastic, fantastic, you know, fantasy asset for fantasy baseball. And Shane Boz could be a great pitcher for the league. So he's somebody that's gonna be adding to the arsenal, is gonna have some big shoes to fill with, you know, obviously, you know, no McClanahan, no springs, but you know, when that rotation is fully healthy by playoff time next year, when everybody's come back from TJ. It's going to be really interesting to see how they're firing on all cylinders with that full lineup. It, they're just going to be a scary team all around. But let's move on. Now, I have to go get the uh, pronunciation for him because it is interesting. Um, this is Isak Paredes. I want to say Isaac Paredes, but it's Isak is how the pronunciation is on baseball reference. So Paredes is somebody we picked up on and off throughout the season. Is it somebody I think we're going to, you know, really go out of our way to draft, but he had some really good numbers in, in the counting, counting uh, stats. Sorry. Don't mind my, my wife and my child out there, but 492 at bats this year, 71 runs, 24 uh, doubles, 31 bombs. Love that. 98 ribs. Love that. 58 walks to 104, uh, 58 walks to 104 strikeouts. Great. Batted 250 though. An OPS of 840. Like, you know what? With the third base, second base, first base eligibility, you know, he's a Swiss Army knife, but he's not like super elite, especially in those categories. You know, you know, third base, yes, it, you know, in the past, you would think it's not as deep, but you look at the rank, you look at who the names that have come up over the last like year, year and a half, 
like Paredes has fallen down those rankings and quite honestly, because third base has gotten better overall. It's not as, as um, shallow as it's, as it always been. So, you know, he's probably more of like, you know, your 15 or 16 kind of third baseman and you're not mad at it. He's going to be like a corner infield for you where, you know, in those leagues, he's going to produce, and you're not going to be mad at it at all because, I mean, the whole, the, the power is legit. The ribbies are going to be there. And in points league, the walk-to-strikeout ratio isn't going to mutilate you, and those doubles are another bonus right there. So ultimately, Paredes is going to be somebody that, you know, you definitely want to get your hands on. But let's talk about this last dude real quick, and then we're going to call it a day. Let's talk about Wander Franco. Um, you know, after everything, I don't foresee this man, you know, going to play baseball for the MLB next year. I think quite honestly, the dude's career is done and washed and gonzo. So this is how I'm treating Wander Franco. If you have him in a dynasty league, I'm probably trying to trade him for almost anything I can get, you know, try and say, Oh, they still haven't come up with anything to my knowledge or, you know, kind of see where it goes. He's such a great talent. You know, if he does get cleared and he plays, blah, 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 sell him high enough, sell him, sell him for anything at this point and see what you can get and see if somebody's, you know, dumb enough to, you know, pretty much pick up your garbage. If you can't move them, don't drop them. Uh, just on the off chance, play it out, and we'll see what happens over the summer. I mean, over the winter, and if any more news comes out with Wander Franco. But ultimately, you know, it is what it is with him. You know, just he's a piece of garbage. But with that being said, guys, thank you for bearing with me, my little mistakes, uh, and me just rocking out here, covering for the Mr. Vid himself, Mr. Martino. Uh, you know, if you can... You know, please like, subscribe, rate, review, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. Look out for, you know, an episode probably on Thursday. We're going to be a little off schedule because Halloween and whatnot, but we're going to be putting out five episodes throughout this week. So stay tuned. With that being said, guys, have a good night.